This is the Oil & Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What is going on, Wildcatters? Welcome back to another episode. This week, I sat down with Brian Golahan of AccuScribe to hear about Brian's story as a directional driller and how AccuScribe is meshing hardware with software to help the guys in the field get the most accurate measurements as possible. I definitely learned a lot of this episode, so we hope you guys really enjoy it. Uh, but really quickly, before we get into the episode, this episode is brought to you by Well Database. Now, if you don't know who Well Database is, you've probably been living under a rock because they're easily the fastest growing data platform in the industry. We hear complaints all the time from people saying that their data providers are either too expensive or they're low quality or it's incomplete data sets. It isn't easy to use or maybe some combination of a few of those. Well, Database provides super high quality data sets for production data, completions data, frac data, permitting, and more, all packaged together in a single interface with some great analytics and tools to make your life even easier. And now they're disrupting the space even more by recently launching their free plan, which offers well-level data completely free. We've used these guys for years and have nothing but good things to say. You can check out the episode we did with their founder and CEO, John Farrell. I think he was somewhere in the 30s. I don't know the exact episode, uh, but we also recently recorded a live demo on the bullpen on our site, uh, digitalwalkheaders.com forward slash bullpen. Or if you want to reach out to these guys directly, just go to welldatabase.com and check them out for yourself. What's going on, Wildcatters? Welcome back to another episode of the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast. Let's roll right into it. Colin, who we got today? Yeah, we got Brian Gallahan. Yeah. Brian Gallahan with AccuScribe. I said it right, man. I was fucking nice proud of myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard a lot worse. <laughs> so, Brian, give us a quick, uh, a quick kind of you know, overview of what AccuScribe is and what you guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, AccuScribe is a product. Uh, it's kind of a platform, if you will. So, um, I got to I got to go back to like my past, right? So, directional driller North Dakota and uh two or three instances where this was like a big deal for me. So, one of them was was like uh middle of no winter. And it was the 3 in the morning and freezing out, right? And we're trying to take this scribe line offset and we wrote it on a glove. Like don't ask, like just it was bad, right? And somebody lost the glove, right? <laughs> we're 10 stands in the hole and it's like where's this offset at? And it's like Oh, I don't know. And you're like, you're kidding me, right? Like, this is what happened that night. Another night. Uh, wait, wait, wait. First, so let's, <laughs> if someone's not familiar with directional drilling or bottom hole assemblies, okay. you know, what is offset? You know, what, what is, yeah. you know, you get 10 stands in or you get to TD and you don't know where the fuck your tool's at. You know, tell, tell about what offset is and why that's a problem. For sure. Okay. So the first thing that goes in a drilling assembly is called a bottom hole assembly is generally comprised of three parts. So there's a bit, there's a mud motor, and then there's an MWD. Mm -hmm. So the mud motor is essentially is like the steering wheel, right? Like, so we want to go right, we're going to go right. If we want to go left, we're going to go left, right? The uh, computers in the MWD tell us where that uh, mud motor and drill bit are pointed at all times. When we screw those together, we have to have a calibration measurement or like an offset alignment. So we can say, hey, look, the computers are sensing that they're pointed this way. Your mud motor is pointed, uh, calibrated this way now. And so we translate that to surface and we say, oh, we now know where they, they call it the high side of the mud motor is and how we can steer a directional well. So it's how we do all the really cool stuff downhole. 
But when you get this wrong, as you can tell, like down hole, like there's a million variables that go on every day, right? Like mm-hmm. everything can change from one tower to the next. And all of a sudden you're trying to put in a critical slide and it doesn't work out. And you're like, you go through your list of a hundred variables that could have been the problem. And you're like, what is this one? Right? Like, oh, some guy put an earplug on a piece of pipe. He eyeballed it, right? Did some like old school math. It just like writes it down and is like, oh yeah, yeah, that's our multi-million dollar alignment. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because you know, you see this problem with any downhole tools, right? So I used to run downhole tools and I just always think, how archaic is this? Like I'm getting a pipe tally, you know, it's got, I don't know, um, let's just say 200 joints and they're written, uh, you know, (laughs) by hand with a pin. And then, you know, I'm sending in here and I'm having to manually enter them into my computer. And then I'm asking this tool pusher, I'm like, Hey dude, what is this? Is this a, you know, 30 point 2.7 or 30.24 and you have enough of those discrepancies over 10,000 feet of pipe and all of a sudden, you know, you got a few feet It's off. a big deal. Yeah. It's, so they had a tape that was off by like a tenth of an inch and over 900 joints, right? That's 900 tenths, right? That's a lot of footage, right? And they landed the casing in a shale, right? Uh, mm. In North Dakota, the shale, you're not supposed to have stuff in there, right? You frack into it. And so I was like, what, what are we doing, right? Like, I can get on my cell phone, right, and connect to the entire world and transmit data and stuff, but we're doing this old school stuff. And then the one that really changed my like outlook on technology in the drilling industry is I had two night hands and a day hand go up and take the reading. So we had a nasty curve. We're talking like 36 hours straight, just banging it out. We've got to figure it out. Fine, we're landed. They grabbed the lateral assembly. I'm like, this can't be that bad. And in wells, you have things that they, after they get the curve line and they do like turns, right? To follow their lease lines and really get like tightened up to the borders, right? Well, this was a pretty decent turn. They did the offset. I walk into the command center in the morning and usually they're like, they're vibrant. Like the price is right is on. People are making breakfast. Like they're having a good time and everybody's just like staring. And I'm like, what's up? You know, like, how are you guys today? You know, they're, they're just like staring. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. So I went to the safety meeting came back and went up to the floor and slide and we went straight down instead of straight left. So imagine we're barreling into this. It's the three forks. So it's, there's no shale, but it's not where they want to be at all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And so we had to sit back and it's like, it took us five hours to like really kind of make the critical decision to try and drill ahead. And it was all based off like evidence that was like, ah, Bob wrote this down wrong. And what <laughs> happened is they had an argument on the rig floor the night before. And it's like, I was 40 yards away. It's like, come wake me up. Like, well, you retired. Well, now we've got a massive <laughs> issue. And it was as it like in a downturn, like 15, everybody was trying to make sure that their jobs were validated. We had 30 emails within an hour once our first survey was posted. Yeah. It was, it was, it was confusion. It was like, let's trip out for a tricone and all these crazy ideas. And you're like, what? No, yeah. we just have a, we have this offset wrong. We need to fix that. We need to trip out of the hole and we need to check it out and redo it, right? But they, they had no document of it. And so that's our biggest value proposition is as you try and go and do things, like all these new hands are coming out, all these old hands are going away, right? And if you want to like level the playing field, give them a device that they can go out there and it's, it's, it's as simple as one, two, three, right? You pull out the kit, you put it on, you take some pictures, it pumps out the answer and emails it to anyone that you want to see this evidence. So all day, every day, we can all validate this reading 
in a matter of minutes. And it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. So you could be at home checking your rig and, and our so our drilling engineers love it. They love to see that timing of events, when things have happened, who's doing what, and then it captures the BHA and they're like, oh yeah, this looks like the BHA that I ordered for this prescribed part of the well. Yeah. So let's unpack all this a little bit because you're bringing up and you're bringing up some flashbacks for me. So you're down hole, you have a problem and say that you get stuck or whatever it might be and you start to, you know, you start talking to engineers, company men, you know, you got the service side involved, so you have lots of input coming in, right? Yeah. And nothing sucks more than when you have bad documentation. Yep. And you don't know exactly what you're dealing with down hole because then it just opens up this, you know, Pandora's box of, of problems, right? So yep. you need to have at least that foundation of, hey, we know exactly what we have down hole. That way if shit does hit the fan, we know, you know, at least we have that information to make sound decisions. Absolutely. And so, you know, it's funny when we talked on the phone, we had, you know, before when you're just kind of telling me what AccuScribe was, you know, you start telling me a little bit about, oh, this problem. And I was like, look, you don't have to talk anymore. I get it. I was a tool hand. I know. And it's funny. Like I've actually talked, like, I don't know if you've ever heard me like talk shit about directional drillers, but like I've got uh, this, I've got this fake beef with directional drillers. Really? Like, yeah. Just directional drillers think they're God. Right. They do. So yeah. They so, do. Like I, all my directional drilling buddies, I'm always talking shit. So I'm like, you're not shit, man. You're not shit. Um, but like, I, I think about it and just like, um, you know, the, for anyone that's not familiar with running downhole, downhole tools, you know, the process is you need to take a tally. So you need to know how long the tool is and then you need to scribe it. And so you have these calipers, you have a, a, an OD and an ID caliper. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're measuring a two and seven eighths tool, you know, you get your OD, you get your ID. And that way, if you get in a situation down hole, you know, you know what you got. Right. And so essentially you guys, you know, like I, I always thought about this, like just talking about how, you know, we're taking paper tallies. I was like, man, just think about if you had, you had a phone app. And I got my iPhone right here and I've got a fucking laser and boom, 31 feet, boom, 30 feet. And mm-hmm. it's automatically recording into to the app, you know, via Bluetooth or whatever. Yeah. So that'd be so much more efficient than the way that we do it now. So <laughs> is this kind of like, how, how does y'all's process actually work? Yeah. Uh, funny you should talk about that. So we are in that mode right now, right? So behind the scenes, so like the, the position of the company, how I think of it is like, you know, when a drummer's in a really good solo in the middle of a set <laughs> and he flips his stick up in the air, right, is where we're at. Like we're just in this moment of like, things are about to get really, really cool, but we're positioning ourselves. So uh, entrepreneur number one, like one mistake is like always have a written program, right? Like take the time to build the plan beforehand and it's never going to go to that plan. But you want to know what you're willing to accept and not accept, especially when you have a lot of consultants on a project. And you're like, look, this is what we're trying to do here. This is what we spent you know, 40, 80 hours on writing this plan. We need to follow this plan. Like, so tip number one is what, we've, what we did in um, November is we, quote unquote, tripped out of the hole right, and rethought our strategy. And we brought in some people. Um, so their name is Strategic Peace, Matt Bell. Melanie Bell, they're this couple that just crush it. And we spent 11 weeks. So we tore this thing down to the studs, right? It's like, we have a problem solving system. Why doesn't this work? And I'll, I'll, like, I'll get to where, where this is going. But like you, 
once we've found a plan, right, and we've put this thing into place and it's like, why did you not have a plan to begin with? I don't know. You're an entrepreneur. You got to shoot from the hip some of the times, right? <laughs> and you go through those dark moments that you talked about in your episode, Jake, where like you, you just, you get lost in yourself and you're just like, I need to breathe, right? And mm-hmm. so that's where, that's where this like last six months have been for us is really just like, it's an emotional healing place for me. I, I, I don't know if that's too open, but you, you have to fix yourself before you can fix your company, right? Yeah. And so I took a step back and I'm like, look, we're just gonna we're just gonna stop everything and we're just gonna redo this in a plan. So now we have what we call BRDs, business requirement documents for software. These things are legit. You hit button, button does this. This is the font. This is the style. This is the way things look. So when you're coding guy, you know, contract coding guys aren't, you're, you're not their only client, right? So they're going to touch on you for an hour this week and then two hours next. You give them a document and it's like a dictionary. It's three in the morning for them. Usually they do late night stuff, right? Cool. Uh, they're going to read this and be like, oh, I need to go here. And then this needs to do this and it needs to be calibrated to this. And you're like, whoa, we can finally do this. So now we're pumping out things. It's like, now we put in our BRDs like future states, right? So this is what the app downloads like today, but we want to push in your mind that we're going to be doing something different, right? And I called it a platform because the way this system works is we analyze pictures, right? And today, the, the Samsung S20 Ultra is 150 meg on the back, I believe, and 25 on the front, like awesome megapixels, more megapixels, more data, more accuracy, right? So as we approach this industry that's doing the Xbox kids are coming through the, the, the weave of the framework, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I've got this awesome computer here that could land something on the moon. Why can't we do all these digital measurements that make sense, right? So what we've called, now we've like reorganized our thoughts and like AccuScribe and it's, it's, um, that's the product, right? But it may become a platform where people can build with us and it's like, look, I've got something out there that does a lot of really good measurements. What else can we do with this thing, right? Because there's a lot of issues with aligning the top drive to the BOP stack. Yep. And they have they have casingware issues. There's a client that's on a wall for 60 days, uh, potential client. And they're like, can you do this? And I was like, yeah. Like, I found a software guy. It's like, we can do anything. You just have to have money, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> obviously. So... Uh, well, we're go ahead. Let's just say resources are the limitation, right? <laughs> right, right, right? And so, in the midst of all of this, right, you have to like turn it into running a company, and that's where it becomes something that. So, I came from, I'm from Montana, right? And a lot of things are handled on a handshake or, hey, this is your word, right? You said to do this. We moved down, my wife and I moved down to Houston in 2017, and we had a it was a different um, economy down here, right? It's a different perspective from coming from Montana to Houston. And there's a lot of like, well, what's your exit strategy? What's your multiple values? What's your evaluation? What's your, you know, and all these things are, are adding up, right? But it's like, we didn't even have the basics in place, right? So mm-hmm. we were in, like we went to Darcy's uh, partners thing. That thing was awesome. Any entrepreneur out there listening to this thing, get a hold of those guys they they put me in front of 120 operators within three months. It would have taken me three years to get that many interviews or like first offs, right? Uh, so the Darcy Partners, they we did that. We did the uh, the Rice Alliance thing. We did the OTC fundraising thing. And you know, you go in there looking for like one or two million dollars, and be like, we don't even have time for you, right? Like 
we're looking for the 50 to mm-hmm. billion dollar stuff, right? The unicorns. And it's like, fair enough. And so that really, really took us back a step and be like, we need to do this bootstrap, like more bootstrap, less looking for to be like the Houstonite, right? And yeah. so we love that economy. We love their mission, but that's not us. Yeah. Yep. So right now we're trying to push out. Uh, basically, what we're trying to do is we're offering this killer deal. Like you can't beat it. Um, so we we can get your kit and we wrote our contract. Contracts are another big deal that need to be smooth, right? I don't want to have all these like ins and outs of why we're going to bill you. I just want to tell you, you have this system on your well, it ran its job. We're going to bill you for that. If you don't like us, get rid of us. If we don't like you, we're going to get rid of you. Like mm-hmm. that's the way that this should be. It should be simple, right? We think, right? And so we spent a ton of time. You can get this kit on your well, uh, you know, for dirt cheap. Like if you don't have this on your rig right now, we're just having talked, right? So we've made this price point like zero thought about it. It's like, wow, okay, these guys can run with the pack. And then the plan was, or the, the mission now is we're all consultants. They're not one employee at AccuScribe, right? We all have second jobs. We all work in our wee hours in the morning and our times of like, you know, hey, I got 15 minutes here. Let me shoot off an email. Let me shoot this podcast, be a part of this awesome group, <laughs> right? And like, and then getting our name out, right? So a lot of people ask questions about the infamous AccuScribe, right? Like, how good is it? It's awesome. 800 readings, we've crushed it every time. We've had some beta readings, right? Where we're adjusting software. We knew we were in that phase. But other than that, this system does awesome. We do our manufacturing out of Montana. Uh, they're called Imperium Tool and Instruments. They're from my hometown. These are young guys. They do spaceship parts, monkey brain implants, and AccuScribe. Monkey brain implants. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, they just do really good work, you yeah. know? And they're in their, they're in their 30s, right? And they, they crush it. Every part that we've had go out to the field has never came back damaged, destroyed, or uh, ruined. And we've gone through North Dakota, West Texas, South Texas, the East Coast. We had a unit out in Romania. We've been through it all. So when you actually send, when you're sending out a kit or equipment to a location or a pad, what are you actually sending? Good question. So we're trying to figure that out now. And COVID's really helped that that uh, picture of let's do things digitally. And so now we're thinking of doing a classroom twice a month. So like send it out to your rig. And whenever you guys have time, like sign up to this classroom and I'll present the classroom live feed. And what we wanted to do, we wanted to do an LMS where like you like click through it. You know how you do all your safety stuff when you start a job. Mm-hmm. You can't ask questions and you can't ask questions right now. And that drives me crazy. So I talked to one of my professors at my college and I was like, how would you do this? She's like, do a classroom, give them the opportunity to ask questions now. And so when they go to the rig floor, like maybe later that day or the next week, they have that validation of, oh, look, we talked through this. I feel comfortable in it. So go ahead. Sorry. But are you actually like having to send out? So do you guys use like a specific type of camera for these images? Like you mentioned that that iPhone. It's just iPhone? iPhone 8 Plus is what we use right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Go Most ahead. people don't... Like Jake and I have been recording videos. Like We have thousands of dollars worth of video cameras. Yeah. I mean, some high-end cameras. And we've been using the iPhone 11 Pro Max because the camera is so fucking good on it. It's, it's wild. nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> they put a lot of money into these cameras. Yeah. It's also the ease of use too. Right. You can just whip it out and just... You yeah. know. So like, say I'm a handout out on the rig and... Do you have to train them like how to take like how to take images of the tools? Because I imagine that it has to be taking a, a certain way for your software for your platform to be able to 
um, decipher that or does it, <laughs> Sorry, does it matter? So funny story. So an old guy called me, he's like, you know, those crotchety old guys like been on the field for 30 years, right? Yeah. He's like, what the hell is this? I love those guys. Those are the best kind of guys. <laughs> just, just rough on every edge, yeah. right? You cannot please him. And I was like, you know, damn iPhone pictures, (laughs) been drilling wells. You can't blame them. Their hands are like three times the size of mine, you know, so they can't even like press buttons on the iPhone. You know, like they can't feel anything. You're like, uh, that was actually a software thing. I was like, okay, they don't need to put their readers on, right? Like, so we have to remove readers and we have to have it where they can like big buttons. I know what this does, right? Big big red button. (laughs) It does. So like the first thing is like start and it's like half the the landscape of the page. And it's like, yeah. So, all right. So you got a kit. So here's what we learned from that guy, right? Is all right. So now we have, it's like a tile format one through 14. There's two different styles of offsets. We're working on a third, but there's an external offset and a mule shoe. The external is, is say that the hour hand of a clock on a, that reads out um, with the hour minute hand, say that the hour hand was at the 12 and then the minute hand was at the three, it would measure that 90 and you'd put that in the surface computer. That's called an external offset. The mule shoe is we read that 90 and then we can, we show them where to set it and we can change the minute hand back to the hour hand. So they're right on top of each other. So there's a mule shoe and an external offset. It walks them through each big font of the lid of the thing then excuse me and then in the app they have like what does this picture should look uh this is funny another funny story my wife i brought her out i'm like we got a new app we got a new app like we got to try this out right and so i was like i handed it to her and she's like what do i do and i was like hit start and then she like filled out this stuff and then she's like i don't know what to take a picture of and i was like ah so frustrated just like ah that is so true they don't know what to take a picture of so we have like, click here for an example picture of what it should look like. Oh, okay. And so, and it shows all the safety equipment on it. It shows how it should be like properly positioned in the picture for a good reading. And we seriously, we made this thing, what they call it is dummy proof, right? Like we tried to make this like, you can do this. One guy, he calls me up, he sent in a reading and we knew that reading, that rig switched directional teams. And I was like, how did you send in a reading? And he's like, uh, I just followed the the YouTube video and the thing in the lid, and I was like, "Booyah!" Because <laughs> we can't be at a hundred different rigs all day, right? Yeah, right. You got to <clears throat> be able to scale your instruction and have people be able to just pick it up, use it, yep. and have no questions, right? Yep. Yeah, we had a lady. She was uh, she worked for us for a short period of time. Awesome lady, Maria. She did it in Spanish, so we can also give you a Spanish version of this too, right? So it's not going to read in Spanish, but at least they can follow the flow in something that's audible to them. Yeah. So, yeah. So on the back end for, you know, the digital platform, what are you guys, you know, you say that, okay, it takes the pictures for the measurements and then it distributes it out to, you know, any engineers, tool hands, company men that need that information. So it sends it out to them. Then is it storing it also? And so, you know, are you storing that, you know, say that, you still have the data from 10 wells ago. Are you guys storing that information as well? Yep. Or are you just turning it over to the MP and saying, here you go, here it is, and then being done with it? Contracts aside, right, we try and store what we can to prevent them from any issues or if they want to look at something again. We're also integrating into like a server, like um, their own portal where they can go in and view things. So right now it's just it just pumps emails. Mm-hmm. But all the data is stored on our servers. So if you have an issue, you can call us email us, whatever, we'll shoot you that reading from past time. The phone, so one of the things 
the biggest hard one of the biggest hardships is I don't have Wi-Fi on the rig floor. Mm-hmm. How do I send a reading on the rig floor that doesn't have Wi-Fi? So we put it where you take the reading, it stores it locally. Mm-hmm. If you don't have Wi-Fi, you can send it later once you're in Wi-Fi. If you're if you have Wi-Fi on the rig floor, then you can just ship it right there and be done with it. Yeah. And it'll like give you a little popcorn reading. Hey, you have you have readings yet to be sent. Like send these out when you have time. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's always an issue is communications out in the field, right? Huge. I mean, usually, I think I saw a meme the other day that was uh, talking about how they find locations to drill and <laughs> they don't ever find any places with 4G. It's always, you know, somewhere right. with no bars. So. And it sticks. <laughs> yeah. Like you can pull out your phone. It's got no service. Like, oh, yep, fuck yeah. There's, there's oil here. <laughs> there's oil. <laughs> I'm convinced if you drilled a well in the middle of Houston, you'd automatically just lose signal there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> There's like no signal in Midland, like in the middle of the city. Like you can't have any, uh, whatever, like L- LTE or whatever. Yeah. There's no signal in the middle of the <laughs> I have one bar like in all of Midland. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, like, it's, but great oil there. It's for, can't even load memes. <laughs> Look, I've worked in every oil field in America and I've had every cell phone carrier. Verizon is what you have to have. Like is it? Verizon gets you the most widespread coverage. Whether south on the border of Mexico, Midland, North Dakota, it works. Verizon, if you're listening, yeah, (laughs) slide the DMs for that sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) You can be the official official carrier of the oil field. (laughs) Not a paid endorsement, (laughs) but it should be. (laughs) Yeah, we. I mean, early on, we were providing Verizon uh, uh, plans, right? And it's like they have internet on the rig floor or on the rigs, right? Usually, so we just tap into that. That's a good thing. Over the last several years, you know, communications have gotten a lot better out on rigs. Tremendous. You know, to where most trailers have Wi-Fi now and they can send out. So at least you have that, you know, you can store locally on the rig floor and then go down to the trailer and and transmit the data. Yep. So, yeah, you know, going back to your background, you know, you're a directional driller. How long were you in the directional drilling space? Oh, boy. Uh, Not as long as as it felt like, but... uh, You just, you know, you get out there for like 60 days and you're just like, I think I'm married to this job, right? Like, yeah, you just, you don't have no, so the biggest mistake Baker Hughes made is it gave me four weeks off and it was in the downturn and they're like, you can have four weeks off, go do what you want. And I felt the reality of a life and I was like, I'm done. this? Mm Mm-hmm. It took me well, all especially of- directional drilling, man. I mean, most directional drillers, uh, I don't know about recently, but you know, back when I was out in the field, a lot of them just followed the rigs. You didn't have a set schedule, right? And so, yeah. I mean, you'd be lucky to get, you know, like a day or two during a rig move or, you know, when they're tripping out and setting casing or whatever, but yep. that was your time off. So it was, you no, know, you're, when he says you're married to the job, like you're really married to the job. So yeah, I'm sure you got four weeks off. You're like, fuck. <laughs> nice. I can, I can plan something. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. I'll be at your birthday party. Yeah. You know, like normally you never could go anywhere. But yeah. they, uh, so it's like, it's probably, so after college, uh, it was 2008, 2009. That was also a recession, right? And uh, I handed out like 50, 60 resumes, got two second interviews. It, I've worked my butt off for this, right? This opportunity. And I hired on with Halliburton. Uh, in Rock Springs, Wyoming. And I don't know if you guys have ever been there. I have. It's a rough place, right? Yep. And so I was going through like I, there's I was, an is there an airport in Rock Springs? There is. It's on yeah. the east side. Yeah. It's I've flown in there before. Twice as janky as the city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they uh I was going through Home Depot and this uh this uh Baker Hughes directional hand was like following me because I was wearing my college shirt. 
And uh, he's like awkwardly following me. And like, I look around, I'm like, Are you what? stalking me? <laughs> What's up? How are you? You know, like kind of awkward, like, what can I do for you? And he's like, what are you doing out here? And I was like, ah, oh, work for Halliburton. And he's like, uh, do you want to go directional drilling? Like on the spot. And I was like, no, I mean, maybe let me call you. you know, like I was happy with my job. So, you know, a year later wasn't so happy with my job and, and, uh, you know, when you're a brand new engineer and making 50 grand a year and the the supervisors are making like 150, you know, you're just like, I see how I <laughs> somebody, somebody tasks this poor guy with hiring somebody and he yeah. just shoots his shot at a Home Depot. Yeah. The first guy he sees, he was like, you want to be a directional driller? That's what I love about the oil field, though. Like, there's a lot of stories like that. It's just like, yeah, this dude is like, you want a job? And I was like, fuck yeah, I guess. <laughs> right. What's the job? That's <laughs> uh, pretty much how I got in the wire line. <laughs> That's how, I mean, but that's the, that's the story, right? So like uh, went out there, checked out the stuff, loved it. I could move home, moved home, went to North Dakota and never saw home. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so directional drilling, I was with Conoco for quite a while and then Hess and we just did follow me rigs. If they liked you, they kept you and they paid for a premium for that. Right. So uh, as a night hand, uh, we did good work out for Conoco and then an opportunity opened up on a Hess job. And I went and did the auto track system for Baker Hughes. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a pretty neat little story. They uh, they sent me to a class. They canceled the class in California, Bakersfield. And they didn't tell me. So I'm already down there. And I was like, well, what can I do? And so the district manager's like, you want to see auto track? I'm like, yeah. It's a part of promotion tra- chain for us as well. And I was like, absolutely. And so I went there. My coordinator caught wind. He sent me out to Pennsylvania. And we brought it to Conoco in North Dakota and we're like, look, this is a pretty cool system. It's just tough out there because the lithologies are really, really hard on the bits. Mm. Um, So the price point's a little different for North Dakota. But um, so went to Hess, had all these issues, right? And I just, I couldn't take anymore. Had four weeks off and I had my 401k. Like I packed that thing full because I was going to retire at 45. Like every day (laughs) I would do the math. How can I retire at 45? And, uh, I, my rent was like 350 bucks a month. Damn. I just cost low yeah. savings high. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> so that's so my 401k was in a retirement plan. It was okay. I'm going to quit my job and live off of this plan. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, I got back to the rig after my four weeks and it took my, uh, took me like less than a week to make the decision to leave. And then it took me less than another week to make the decision to change the industry and like try and do things better than what we've done before. And I know we've been doing this since since the 70s, right? And we get our butts kicked on social media, right? Like we get ripped at one side down the other about bringing technology, changing the way things are done. Mm It, it lines up to a lot of stories where perseverance is, a, is a, like you have to be, you cannot give up, right? Like, so we're not, we're not giving up. We had to change our mindset and change our business plan. So we were originally novelty, like we were like this really expensive thing to be on your rig and now it's ubiquity we want to be the planet fitness of directional drilling right like we want you to have fitness (laughs) one operator he just after i free pizza at the front (laughs) desk hell yeah (laughs) steaks for everyone yeah he he was like he texted me planet fitness after our meeting and i was like what is this what are you talking about and he's like that's your business model he's like you want to be everywhere and so as this downturn this recent downturn just hit our phone's been ringing off the hook and like emails and what does this product do? Can we get it on a rig? What does it cost? And we had this this new business model knocked out like a week before it started going crazy. And people were like, you're kidding me. This is all it costs. I'm like, no, that's it. 
we want you guys to be trained on this. We want you guys to be successful. These mistakes cost an operator said tens of thousands of dollars every time it comes every time it comes up in their drilling operations, right? And he just had one a month ago. And he caught him in a lie, right? Like they said it was this, went down hole, drilled differently, came back up, and they said it was this again. Like it didn't change, mm-hmm. but it still had the symptoms of it. And he's like, no, this is the, we're going to change the way this is going. So, and remote directional drilling is, yeah. is, is got a, like a little bit more fire to it, you know, like, Hey, how can we do this better? And so we're in that conversation somewhere. That's really interesting because you're seeing this big transformation of huge, you know, how do we get less personnel on the rig and, you know, say that remote directional drilling, you have a directional driller or MWD hand sitting in the office, he can monitor five rigs yep. instead of just one, right? Yep. And also how can we, you know, better uh, or get better and more accurate infrastructure around that process. And so I see you guys really kind of playing into that, right? That's right. Um, yeah, it's funny that you brought up Rock Springs, Wyoming, because I think I was in Wompsutter. Yeah, is that is that it? Wompsutter? I have a supervisor like, Wompsucker! Every time we go by, and I was like, what? I mean, it's I just like to. little, like, you just like fucking drive right past it in the highway, right? But that was my only time in Wyoming. I was like, fuck this place, man. Like, it's gnarly. The wind was <clears throat> terrible. And like, I'm from West Texas. Like, the wind's bad in West Texas. I go up to Wyoming. I was like, man, this is god awful. I was just caught in a dust storm this weekend. I had no idea. In West Texas. Like, oh, in West Texas? It was like two feet of visibility. Oh, dude, I got I got videos, man. I've been, yeah, just dust storms. I've been dust storms West Texas and blizzards up in the North Slope, and they're very much identical, just different substances going <laughs> through the air. It's nuts. I was like, this is crazy. I had like, everybody's like hazards on. It, was like, it felt like a winter driving scene in Montana, and it was like, <laughs> no, this is a dust storm. Yeah. It's crazy. At least snow <laughs> in a blizzard is a little bit refreshing. Dust is just like. Fuck, I feel like I'm breathing sandpaper. You seem, <laughs> yeah. you seen like those Russian uh like car crashes that happen during like blizzards? Uh-uh. It'd be like one like one semi and then another semi, and then it's like two hundred cars later and they're all like piled up together. And then you see the camera pan over and you see a car coming and they realize they just fucked up. And then they just slide <laughs> into the pile. Yeah, I mean, and the next car comes in. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a lot of Russians have dash cam videos. So yeah, I don't know the Russians. Know. That's I right. It must be a, so a cultural thing over there. Just get a dash cam, catch all the crazy shit going on. Over there is a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff over there. But anyways, all right. I'll get back on topic here. So, <laughs> you know, AccuScribe, you, you dove into a little bit about how you guys were bootstrapped and, you know, obviously yeah. this comes with a ton of, you know, crazy, crazy things. Right. Yep. And, but it's also, I mean, Jake and I ran, you know, we've had funded companies, we've had bootstrap companies and there's pros and cons to both. And I think that, you know, raising capital can actually be a killer and be toxic to a company, you know, if you raise too much. Yep. And I think that, being bootstrapped or with the yeah. wrong partners too yeah and yeah being bootstrapped you know you have that scrappy element to you guys and um you know talk about that a little bit especially in yeah. oil and gas you know where some of the sales cycles are long i mean you already brought up like yeah you know we got some great t- team members but everyone's you know it, it's you know second second job yep second job they got a full-time job you know how are you guys dealing with all that yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'll touch a little bit on you. So I went to uh, Cottonwood. Uh, Jake talked about Cottonwood in, in another. Yeah, time. yeah, great guys, and I love them, right? Yep. Shout well, out to those guys. Yeah, and I went in there, and uh, they're like, "So what do you want to do?" And I was like, "I want to raise like two million dollars." And one of them's like, "You have no idea what you're doing." And I was like, 
fair enough. Right. So like <laughs> I'll walk away with like my tail between my legs a little, you know, and, and my, uh, my friend, Jim Thorson, uh, free radical oh, ventures. Yeah. 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 You guys had him on his, this show. I have been trying, we've been trying to get Jim on the show forever, really? forever. And he's <sighs> such a humble guy. He's like, no one wants to hear me talk. And I'm like, dude, that every, guy. everybody loves Jim. Yeah. Jim, so Jim, if you're listening, we need to get you on the show. <laughs> yeah. ASAP. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll even come to Denver for you. Take, okay. We're going to take a little 30 second audio clip of this and send it to Jim. And be like, yeah, Jim, right. You got to come on the show. <laughs> he should, he definitely should. And that's, that's, he was a part of that like restructuring phase. Right. So we, we have like a, an advisory board, quote unquote, right? But we did bring money in, right? So uh, 401k ran its course and I only did one thing right in 12 months of burning my 401k. I got a patent. Mm-hmm. Everything else, brick wall, like yep. failed miserably. Yep. Uh, like, yeah. It's best to learn those lessons on your own money. So though. hard, right? <laughs> yeah. And so now we got other people's money and, and we also learned a lot of lessons there, right? So what, what did, you, did you raise? Um, Over did- a million. Okay. And yeah. did you guys raise through angel investors? Buddies. Or buddies. Families, friends, cool. people like high net worth people that yeah. I, I, you know, it's it's my college, right? Montana Tech in yeah. Butte, Montana. Yeah. The CEO of ConocoPhillips is a Montana Tech grad. There's, they're scattered in and around. They're, they're really good people, right? Yeah. And, and so you just like, yeah, I'm a Montana Tech grad. I love you. I love you too. Let's, let's fund the company. And that's how it worked. Awesome, man. Yeah. Very good. So, you know, where, where are you guys based out of right now? So s- digitally, right? The, yeah. Um, the zoom calls yeah <laughs> no are you, you know like is, is the team working everywhere remote? right I mean, that, that's so awesome my software guys in dallas my qaqc guys in uh denver uh my wife like i owe so much to my wife man she is like she crushes it yeah she's really good at contracts she's really good at like making sure documents look right uh hr handling like the way things present to people she knows how to interpret personalities right like I would have brought her today, but our kid is like our babysitter's out. So oh, yeah. she's so you would have had a nine month old in here. And it kind of been a cool. He's a little. We're both dads. We yeah, we get it. You feel me? Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. So we're everywhere, right? So um, that's really cool because there's a lot of talk right now on Twitter, especially with COVID. I mean, huge debate. I mean, to the point where I'm just fucking sick of reading about it. But like, oh, remote works the way of the future, and mm-hmm. like I believe that there's some truth to that. But there's also like, I mean, I'm the type of person i got to be around my team yep. on a whiteboard i don't think there's anything more powerful than that yep but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work for everyone else and so it's really cool to hear that you guys are decentralized and and making it work remotely yeah yeah and and for the most part we are a part-time team right so mm-hmm. we this is just the way it is right now but yep. i'm a let's powwow let's get everybody on the same page you know, kind of have like that. I love what you guys got here on the lists and numbers and like, how are we doing right now? Yeah. They got a whiteboard with all this stuff for, I don't know. If they see that, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you got to describe the setting but, here. Uh, <laughs> what is he talking about? Um, and I, my personality and personality types is another thing to check out. If you've not done a personality test, mm-hmm. I highly recommend it because then you can find out how you can integrate to other people that you don't have. Which, I, which one do you prefer? Like the Myers-Briggs? Are you talking about yep. that or Enneagram or Myers, there's, there's like four to five different standards. Myers-Briggs is the truth. So uh, my wife's family is like uh, therapists and doctors out in California yeah, and yeah. they will study you up why and, and like ESTJ, ESFT yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And you're like, <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> like I thought we were talking about dinner like or like conversation. They just, they study you and they, but then they'll tell you how to interact with people with different personalities. And you're like, holy cow, this is a thing. 
Like I had no idea how to work with somebody that had this type of personality until now. And so when we get consultants in or new people in, they take a Myers-Briggs. And now I know what you learn best with. Is it voice? Is it actual reading? Or is it like one-on-one for like person, like I got to show you or you got to work with your hands? I used to think they were bullshit. Me too. I used to think they were bullshit. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. I didn't know much about them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let me preface this with, I didn't know much about them. And so I think the more mature version of Colin, I'm open-minded. And so I'll think about things before (laughs) I just, you know, pass judgment. Like (laughs) home. I turned 36 months ago. I mean, it just like comes with the territory. Like I just got wise. Um, But no, like now I look at personality tests and you know, my wife took one and I was like, fuck, that is spot on. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, mine is spot on and it's really helped our marriage, you know, yep. understand, okay, how do we communicate together and help each other yep. instead of just, you know, butting heads all the time. And I, that's the same thing with employees and teams. I think that yeah. you should understand, hey, we're all different and we all bring different things to the table and we interact differently. So how do we mesh and work together? And I think these like, personality tests give you some insight to how that. do you give feedback to a certain person that's a certain type? Right. How do you collaborate with somebody? How do you, if you need to talk about something that's a little bit, you know, how do you give feedback? Yeah, like yeah, critical yeah, feedback. Yeah, criti- yeah, really, really critical feedback. And, and it's it's so different for so many people. Like Colin said, like me, and my wife did one where it was the Enneagram scale, and and uh, she was like, read this. She was like, this is you. And so I read it and uh, I was like, this is a hundred percent me. And it was like, it was things that I didn't realize about myself until I like, I dove deep into it. So then I was like, well, let me go read yours. <laughs> and I get read hers and I'm just like, man, I really don't understand you at yeah, all. Right. We're complete opposites. Oh, who am I married to? I know. <laughs> but then you're, you're like, okay, actually I can use this to my benefit yeah. and, and how you can communicate. And it's just like, oh, wow. It locked up, like it, uh, not locked up, but it like synced up. Right. Yeah. And you're like, all right, now this engine's moving. And you see that, like, I don't know, when you take that, when you go through that dark moment, right? I just, I thought of that. I thought, Jake, when you said that, that hit me so hard because about- Are you ta- Is that on the DR- DRW episode? Where you were talking about the reverse yeah, interview? Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about being like those dark moments in your entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I was there in December. Like, I was in a d- dark spot, right? Like, we're looking at folding up the doors and like walking away and like your baby of uh, that you put your heart and soul into and you're like- what are we going to do? Right. And you had, you just have to like, let all that go and come to yourself and just be like, how can we make this work with me? Right. And like strip down all this like ego, right. Mm-hmm. Ego is not your amigo. And <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard that one. Part, part ego is the enemy. Wait, wait, we might ego, need to make some merch. Ego is not. E- ego is not, not your You've never ego. heard that? No. no. You guys never heard that? Never. I think it's a comedian. I'll look it up. I'll send it I've to you. I've heard guys. several ego quotes, but I haven't heard the amigo reference. I've oh, man. It. <laughs> it might be in a movie. It is it's a really good movie too, but. <laughs> but that's so true. You got to drop, especially as an entrepreneur, you have to drop the ego yep. and you have to kind of like separate your your self-worth from the success or failure of whatever your venture is going to be. Because yeah. I think the nature of the game is the more you do this, the more you're going to fail. It's just, it's not a matter of when, it's a matter of if. Yep. Or if, not when. What, I totally fucked that up. Whole saying up. <laughs> I, don't know, close. I don't know how to do sayings. Okay. You guys uh, get what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, you're going to fail. And so you, you can't just be completely consumed with, oh, what are people going to think and this and that. And it's yeah. like, you tried. Yep. Right. So who's going to fault you for that? Nobody. Well, the real entrepreneurs are not going to. Yep. Fuck no. So. Yeah. That's what we were talking on Twitter the other day about 
or on LinkedIn, one of the social platforms about some oil and gas startups are starting to fold and go under just with everything that's happening with the double black swan event. And um, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise though. Yeah. Yeah. You you never know, you know, one door closes another opens, right? We've had that happen multiple. We failed way more than we've succeeded. Right. You know, and it's led everything was, if you look back now, it's very easy to see kind of like that butterfly effect to be like, Oh, I really believe this happened for a reason. This didn't work out because it led to this, that this and this. Yeah. And then had those things not happened, we wouldn't have gotten to this. Right. You know, it's like, well, I wouldn't change Can't anything. Can't in the moment though. It's hard yeah. to see it. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, someone made a good comment though. Like, I bet you every single one of those founders that's failed is damn proud of what they attempted to do or build. I mean, that's hundred percent. I mean, you know, failure is yeah. part of it. You embrace it. And you move on to the next thing, but yeah. you know it's good to hear that you know there's startups out there, um, you know you guys included here that are you know the phones are ringing off the hook and emails are coming in and yeah you know EMPs are looking at ways that they be- can become more efficient and more accurate across their operations and you know there's solutions out there you know guys like us that came from the field and saw it firsthand it's like why the fuck are we doing things right. like this. I got this story, man, and I'll tell it real quick before we get off. But in 2018 or 17, right before I quitted in venture, I was on an Apache rig out mm-hmm. in uh, the Permian, and they had a group of, I don't know, maybe five uh, students. They were petroleum engineers, seniors about to graduate. They're doing internships for Apache. Yeah. And I'll never forget this story because they asked the drilling superintendent out there, they're like, how much or how do you know how much water you have out in your reserve pit? And he goes out there and he's like, oh, well, you know, we, we take this nut and we tie a rope around it and you throw it out there. And then, you know, you do this calculation and this guy, this kid looks back at me, you know, he's, I don't know, fucking 21, 22. Uh-huh. And he's like, they don't have fucking sensors and software for this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm telling you, bro. I was like, I've been in this shit for eight years. It's painful. <laughs> See it every day. But no, it's good to, you know, it's good to have guys like you that are out in the field, saw the problems and were able to put everything together to create a solution for it. So, Thank you. you know, before we end this, you know, where can people find you guys? You have a website or you on LinkedIn? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, www w.accuscribe.us um linkedin is where we kind of hit it pretty heavy okay how we recently no because like i said like that drumstick's still flipping in the air (laughs) and we're we're gonna come down and we're just gonna hit it hard so oh yeah when does that happen i don't know fall maybe when we really kind of like churn and burn but right now we're just you know it's it's getting people what they need right and figuring these things out one step at a time so in closing uh I, I owe a lot of this to God and I don't know what you guys, you guys believe in God or whatnot, but I, I believe in a higher power. I believe in something, a greater good. And I see it every day in everything that I do. And so thank you guys for doing this because the shows that I've watched are absolutely awesome. And somebody told you guys you're committed to doing this, like promoting this, this future piece of technology. Please take that to heart. Like that means so much to guys like us that are like, Hey, look, what can I learn from this guy? Maybe somebody hears something today from me yeah. that they're like, wow, why didn't that hit me a little bit earlier? Right. Absolutely. But you guys, I pray for you guys. This is awesome. Keep it up. David Gibson, another guy, he got me on here. I think he talked to Jake or you, one of you guys. He does some cool stuff too. Like, I wish there was more of this. 
pumping out. I think there should be a TV station with just oil field podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but man. please keep it up. You guys, like, this is huge. Hey, so thank you. Appreciate that, man. And appreciate you taking the time to come on. And um, yeah. yeah, if you guys want to find out more about AccuScribe, we'll have links in the show notes directing you towards their website and their LinkedIn. Brian, thanks for coming, man. Thanks, It was a really good, really good time. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys like the episode, let's do something unique. Let's everybody reach out and ping Jim Thorson and say, hey, yes. let's get Jim Thorson on the show. And so yeah. I'm actually going to, I'm going to have Julie take the clip of us talking about Jim and we're going to share it on LinkedIn. I want everybody to tag put Jim. A, a link of Jim Thorson's LinkedIn in our show notes. You can find him there. We'll put Jim's, we'll put Jim's coming out. <laughs> he's, he's coming on. Even if we have to come to you, Jim, we're going to make this happen. I know That's you're going to be awesome. in Houston soon. So, all right, guys, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Come, 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 come.